Dear Heavenly Father, sometimes we just don't know what to say. Sometimes our minds just are stuck. Sometimes we have too much to say. And sometimes we fall a little bit in between and we know just what to say. But God, I want to be able to say the things that you want me to say all of the time. And today is one of those times. Please speak through me and allow the words that I say to come through to those around me in a way that is meant for them to hear. God, I love you and I appreciate you. And I look forward to today's podcast. Welcome to Cross Discourse, where music, culture, and life are discussed across the media spectrum weekly to help you live a godly life. Cross Discourse, Christ is Culture. So what's up today, guys? It's your boy, Anonymous. Uh, And today we're actually coming to you to discuss with you another one of the elements of culture. We are going to be talking about language within the Christian culture today. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go today. Um, I've been praying about it. I've been, you know, researching, doing my devotionals, my my quiet times and and just reading the Bible and trying to figure out which way the direction that this is is going to go. But, you know, um. I just really just I'm going to rely on God today. I, I really am. I say that all the time and I've said it in all the other podcasts. But today, I think it's really one of those times where we're just going to allow him to speak through me uh, to just to to get across what it is that we we're going to do. Uh, before I get to that, though, we're going to define language. That's what I've been doing in all the other ones so far. Uh, and I don't want to stop now. So language uh, to me. Language is uh, uh, what we use to communicate. It is what we use to pass on traditions and beliefs and to get across uh, meaning. It's how we express ourselves through vocal sounds. Um, I would say uh, physical gestures and even uh, written written signs. Um, it's how we share what we mean to other people. That is our definition of language and um when i come back we're going to get right into the discussion
yes, ah, yes, a little bit of uh, calming, but still kind of happy music for us to listen to. Uh, and we're talking about language today. And, um, you know, as I said, we're going to jump right into it. So the first thing I wanted to that came to mind as I was thinking about this subject was how the Bible was written in different languages. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about how the Old Testament was, you know, Hebrew. And then, you know, a lot of the New Testament was Greek, Aramaic. Um, and there was a lot of stuff in it. And so uh, we kind of we have to bring it all together because uh, one of the things that I, I always struggled with was how the King James Version was very difficult to understand when I was a kid. And uh, when I was first introduced to the NIV, I, my mind was blown. I was like, whoa, you had this whole nother thing. And there were some things, there were some languages or some words that were changed around a little bit. And um, then I, as I got more and more into it, I realized or I, you know, I found out that, you know, a lot of times it has to do with getting the message across. And some some translations are actually meant to just get the the message across. Um, and some are meant to be more literal translations. And so I read a lot of the different translations to get a better understanding of what God is really trying to say, um, because we know that the Bible is the word of God. And a lot of people uh, have these misunderstandings about the Bible. And so you know, there are even some some arguments over which type of Bible to use. And, you know, there are still people to this day, if you ever like hear somebody or watch somebody on YouTube or another podcast and you listen to the commenters, they really, really are adamant that this one Bible is the, the one true Bible. And, and they all have some shortcomings in terms of the translation and this due to language being so different. Um, I when I taught history as a teacher, uh, one of the things that I used to try and impart upon my students is that, uh, you know, certain words can't translate into other languages quite easily. Um, and then we and it's usually when I talk about the early Phoenicians uh, and the invention of the alphabet and how uh, things got kind of moved along. A little bit and you know there were certain like there, like there are letters that you know we added in our language but the English language in and of itself uh, has is Germanic but I think it was like 60% of our words or something were not Germanic at all they were Latin so it, it poses a, a difficult problem but you have a lot of German speakers that can speak English easily because the syntax and the and the um, and the way the, the language is structured is so similar to their own. But a lot of our words aren't German at all. A lot of the words that we use aren't German. So, you know, it, 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 they're closely they're closer related to the Romance languages. And so, you know, you have this big explosion of language and, and a lot of times things can be misinterpreted. And so today's podcast is really important because I want to give you just some things to think about. Uh, as we explore language within the Christian culture, I'm going to have some Bible verses for you to uh, just kind of um, own up to. And, and hopefully the, the idea is that you're going to want to study this on your own. You're not just going to take my word for it. You're going to take the Bible verses. Uh, you're going to read them and then you're going to break out your concordance. You're going to break out your study guides and you're just going to do your own study. You're going to ask your own questions and get a, a deeper understanding on your own so that um, we, when we do have discourse, 
when you email me again that's cross discourse at gmail.com but when you do email me um, I'm going to get good responses and things to think about for myself because this is a community. This isn't something, this isn't just me talking to you one way, although it might seem like that in these podcasts. A lot of times it's something for us to, to generate discussion and to uh, create a better sense of unity amongst us all. Um, but with that being said, um, the first Bible scripture that I want to talk to you uh, comes from the love chapter of the Bible. And everyone knows what the love chapter is. If you don't, it is... 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm just going to read, uh, I'm just going to read from uh, the first, just the first verse, uh, and today I just decided to do New Living Translation because that word living spoke to me, um, and that's what I wanted to do pretty much, uh, nothing fancy to it at all, uh, but the first chapter, the first verse of the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians goes like this in the New Living Translation, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. What does that mean to you? I mean, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, but to me, you know, I'm, I, I, if I could speak everyone's language, but didn't show any love, it would come across as a certain way. I would come across to them as a certain way um, and it might not be the way that I intended have you ever have you ever like uh, I know I did I, I was driving my son to school actually and uh, someone cut me off <laughs> I'm sure they didn't mean to or maybe they did but they didn't mean to be you know rude uh, but I took it that way you know what I mean I was angry and I have a, a bad sense of road rage. That is that is a great sin of mine. Self self control sometimes is is a is an issue. Um, but uh, you know, I had to kind of get myself together. You know, but I took it one way. Maybe not the way they meant it, but I took it that way. You know what I mean? And I'm sure it's not just that way for me. A lot of you all, you know, somebody might uh, brush past you when they're going to the bathroom and not say excuse me. At another time, and the gentleman was uh, was not English speaking, um, but I was up in Niagara, um, just hanging out with my family. It was night. We were watching the fireworks and everything, or the light show uh, over Niagara, and it was beautiful, beautiful time. Um, but it was time for us to go, and it was and it was nighttime, and we were trying to get out of there. It was really crowded. It was really crowded. Now, obviously, this wasn't twenty twenty, um, but it was it was really really crowded and. Uh, we were trying to maneuver our way a lot around a lot of people and this one big guy you know i'm a big guy myself uh, six one you know i'm a little bit pounds you know what i mean um uh, but this guy was a little bit taller and a little bit wider uh bumped into me and, and i felt it and i turned around and i said you're not going to excuse yourself man i'm walking with my family you over here you know bumping people or whatever and i you know i, I spoke up and he turned around and he kind of like did his arms put his arms out there like he couldn't understand what i'm saying and he spoke something or someone said something to him in another language i knew right then he wasn't english speaking but it was uh, an issue for me uh language gets lost in translation a lot um and not only just the words that we speak but the actions that we show and that's why i think uh first corinthians 13 1 uh should have been the first verse that i spoke and i'm and i'm uh, read and i'm glad that i did I've got some other verses here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 
uh, 14, 14 through 17. I'm going to read that as well. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. Well, then what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit and, what, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing in words I do not under, I mean, I understand. For if you praise God only in spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? For you will be given thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. Now, um, you know, this is a little bit more different. And there were some other verses around here, but I, I just like these three words just because it's a thinking piece for me. It makes me meditate. It makes me uh, kind of think about that. You know, I have my words saying one thing. And then I have my spirit saying another and the spirit understands us really well. And it's and, and as this verse says, you know, it's praying to God for me. So sometimes I might be saying, God, you know, I'm struggling. I, I, I don't know exactly how I'm feeling, but the spirit does. And it's speaking for you. It's speaking for you. Um, and I know in one of my other podcasts, I talked about music and, and I was a little judgmental, maybe. Uh, where I talked about the the extra riffs in, in church culture when you hear those singing uh, sometimes don't seem like they're singing to Jesus they might be singing for themselves or others and some of it could be I mean it might be there uh, but I was a little judgmental and but this verse brings it all together again you know they are singing in spirit sometimes and 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 they're trying to get the words out and those groans those those riffs might be a way to help the spirit. Uh, or help them to verbalize what the spirit is is trying to say for them. Um, but verse 16 really, really kind of brings it all together. How can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? So if you're praying, if you're speaking, if you're singing or whatever you're doing, you have to have words. You have to have language uh, to have those around you speaking. And I know, again, I am a layman, so I'm not the uh, the pastor here. But this is really what this verse kind of brought to me as I read that, you know what I mean? And it's just something for, for all of us to think about as we move along here uh, in our discourse. Uh, I've got a, a few more verses here, um, and I don't want to just do, you know, kind of knock them all out, but, you know, some things about, um, you know, uh, how we kind of get across um, and, and uh, how we want people to to, to, to accept us in the Christian faith. And, and actually, uh, I'm going to play some music. I'm going to give us a break here because I want you to think about this. I want you to meditate on this. How are we using our words um, as we share our faith around? And when we come back, we're going to talk about our nonverbal cues uh, and our, our written words. Okay, so uh, stay tuned. We're, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up in a little bit, and I hope you will stay with me on this one.
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So here we go. Uh, we are wrapping this up. Uh, we're kind of in our last segment right here. Uh, and I want to give you a little bit more of, uh, thinking points, uh, things for us to discuss, uh, at, you know, now at future dates, uh, when you email me, uh, when we keep this communication alive, this discourse going, um, you know, so, uh, Acts, you know, I love the book of Acts. <laughs> I've been talking about the book of Acts for a long time, but this time I'm coming from chapter three, Acts three, uh, one through 10, where Peter and John, uh, are talking to the beggar. Um, and I want you to pay attention again. This is new living translation just cause I like to switch it up. Uh, and I want you to just kind of pay attention, but I want, I'm going to point something out to you that can't, that I came across as I was reading the Bible as well. Uh, but it's 10 verses and just listen to me. All right. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When Peter and John, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God. He went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were astonished. And so I want you to uh, pay attention here, uh, particularly in verse four. It says Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us Um uh, one of the things that I researched as I did this, and this is why it's so good to have different translations here, is because the King James Version said they fastened their eyes. The English Standard Gaze said they directed their gaze. They're making eye contact. And that's my point today. That's my second uh, kind of point uh, of this discourse here that we're having today. How are we communicating? using our nonverbal cues, all right? Are we using manners? Are we giving priority to other people? Are we smiling kindly? Are we giving people our full attention? I mean, so many times, I mean, I got teenage boys and they're on their phones kind of quite a bit. Uh, when we're out and about, when we're enjoying time with family, there was one time I was with my, my boys uh, and uh, some other family members and I looked around. I didn't have my phone on me. I forget where my phone. I might have left it in my car charging or something like that. But I, I had the opportunity to, to look up and look around at everyone around us. And as I looked, every single person 
had their heads down in their phone. They had their heads in their phone. I mean, literally, some were playing games, maybe listening to music. Maybe they were uh, doing uh, quite a few other things, but they were not giving the attention to each other. Is that how our Christian walk is? Are we not paying attention to those around us? I know I also mentioned in a a previous uh, podcast episode that, you know, a gentleman was in our community just walking around, picking up people to take them to church. You know, we have to give our undivided attention to those people around us. Sure, I hear music all the time, even on Christian channels, Christian channels, gospel channels. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I'm hearing it, but it's all about this individual attention. It's all about the me. It's all about I, me, my, mine. But it's not supposed to be that way. Christ died for us. That is the example that he set before us. And so shouldn't we be, quote unquote, dying to ourselves for other people? Shouldn't we be giving up the things that we like sometimes to help other people? And that 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 chapter where Peter heals the beggar is a great example of the body language You know, just verse four, that body language. Look at us. We're giving you attention. We're focused on you. And we have something to say to you. You know, when I was a kid um, and and I, you know, I got in trouble a lot. My head would be down. I'd be forlorn. And the adult, whether it was my parent, the teacher or, or whomever was dealing with me at the time said, get your head up. Look me in the eye. You know, and I do that sometimes when I, I want to know if my kids are lying. It's like I'm looking deep into their souls. <laughs> you know, look at me. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Do you understand? That's the kind of message that we want to give across. But it's not just it's not just that. It's the again, cutting people off the road rage that we're e- exhibiting, you know, whether we're getting mad, whether we're mad or not. You know, are we smiling? Are we are we are we using manners? I mean, manners is such something that's just completely disappeared out here. Please. Thank you. You know, hospitality. Anything you need. One of the great things that I love about going to Chick-fil-A, uh, as opposed to a lot of other fast food restaurants, is that my pleasure. Is there anything else I can do for you? You know? The sing-songiness in their voice that makes it seem like I'm not a burden to them. But I can go right around the corners to McDonald's or Wendy's. Oh my gosh, Wendy's is probably the worst of them all. What you want? Yeah, can I help you? Uh, no. Uh, can you? <laughs> I don't know. Can you help me? You know, um, am I a burden to you? Are you a burden to other people? Now it's not just the words you're saying, it's the inflection. It's the, is your chest out? Do you look proud? Do you look humble? Do you look, uh, do you look like confident? Do you look like you want to help? You can be given food at a soup kitchen and rolling your nose, wrinkling your nose and, and burrowing your eyebrows because you feel like that person is stinky or, 
or not smelling good or or whatever. That's the type of mindset that I mean, that's how people are looking at it. So language is extremely important. Uh, some other verses, uh, and this is where we're talking about the communication piece here. Uh, I want to go to First Corinthians five. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, First Corinthians one, five and six. And it says through him, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms what I told you about Christ is, too, is true. So here we're talking about words and knowledge. We, we got to share. We have to be out there. We have to use our words to express the, 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 the glory of God and the gospel. But we have to do it in a certain way that, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not I'm definitely not one of those who, who want to hear the words that are just pleasing, because sometimes you have to hear what makes your heart ache, what makes you feel uncomfortable, what makes you shift in your seat. But you still got to be loving. You still have to be eloquent. Eloquent is that word that I'm looking at. Eloquent. What does it mean with your eloquent words? You don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. So let's look it up. Eloquent. Eloquent, according to uh, whatever this is, Google Dictionary, whatever. It means fluent or persuasive. Right. Expressive. Now, there it does. It can also mean strong, forceful, powerful, potent, but it can also mean silver tongued, smooth tongued, graceful, vivid, effective, graphic, right? Suggestive, revealing, telling, significant that that word. And again, this is an English word, right? But it could mean so many different things. Eloquent, you know? I'm going to break uh, with New Living Translation right now because I want to I want to see what it says in, in another version here on, on what does eloquent mean? So NIV says with all kinds of speech, all kinds, right? All kinds of speech. What is uh, North American state? North American says in all speech, right? I like the word eloquent. I don't know. What do you do? You got to you got to come back to me. I'm going to look at a couple more, a couple more. King James version says in all utterance. Ooh, utterance. Right? And one more, one more. Um I don't the message is terrible for this. Uh uh English standard last time in all speech again. All right? So so there we have eloquence, right? Different ways. You have to be fluent. Not just in one way, but in different ways. All right. And then we're going to go to uh, Matthew 23, Matthew 23 for me. Um, and it's almost 30 minutes. So I've got to I've got to make this uh, work. So 23, one through seven. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra long tassels. And they love to sit at the head of the table at banquets and in seats of honor in the synagogues. 
They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. Again, that's that thing about trying to be for show. That's that thing about trying to be special, something you know that we're not supposed to do. We're supposed to humble ourselves before the Lord. And then lastly, 1 Corinthians 8, 9, but you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. And this is the last thing that I'm going to say. You know, we have to be focused on other people. That has to be the purpose. That has to be the goal, not just to be right, not just to be, uh, uh, you know, condescending or, or whatever words you want to use here. But we have to be careful because we're ultimately our goal is to spread the message however we can and to get people to want to be like God. All right, that's our language episode for today, guys. And I hope you really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's message. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you. Don't forget to email me, crossdiscourse at gmail.com. Uh, and, you know, if you got some ideas, man, some movies, some music, because after we do with these seven elements, we're going to be kind of across the uh, across the board in a lot of different areas, whether it's uh, doing reviews or talking about it or encouraging you or whatever. Uh, that's what I want to do. Talk to you later. Peace.